Hey guys, it's Jonathan. Before we get to today's episode, some of you may have already guessed at this or you may follow Twitter or Facebook and have seen the announcement. We are going to scale back tech stuff to once a week. We're just publishing once a week for a few months at least. This is because we've got a lot of stuff going on here at How Stuff Works. And honestly, in order for it to all to work, we had to scale back in certain places. So we're going to just do an episode a week. It'll still be every week. Uh, I'm still going to be working on this show when the time has come to the point where we're able to go back to two a week, we will. So this is just temporary, nothing to panic about. Uh, still love the show, still going to be doing the show, but wanted you guys to be aware of it. So if you are looking for new episodes of Tech Stuff, they should be going up from this point forward every Wednesday. So thank you guys so much for listening. And now on to today's episode. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. I am your host, Jonathan Strickland. And today I've got a little listener mail that I wanted to read. This listener mail goes, hey, Jonathan, Kenny here. Long time listener, first time emailer. First off, love the show. As a lifelong tech geek, I love hearing about cool tech, historic hacks, interweb lore, and all the topics you've covered, both with Lauren and all your cool guest hosts. On recent sign-offs, you mentioned possible suggested topics like personalities in tech, and I remember how interesting your episode with Chris was on John McAfee back in 2012. You've probably been following more recent events surrounding McAfee, his controversial actions, and his wacky sense of humor. And I was wondering if an update to this original podcast is on the cards. Anyways, keep up the good work, your interesting topics, and your terrible puns. So bad, they're good. Greetings from Northern Ireland, Canny. Canny, thank you so much. We are going to do an update on Mr. John McAfee. Now, in order to do this update, I am going to play a part of the episode that uh, that Kenny was referring to with me and Chris Paulette, so that those who have not heard it, because it goes all the way back to 2012, can understand what we're talking about. Now, this is about 20 minutes of an episode we did about McAfee and other, quote unquote, eccentric personalities in technology. And after we listen to that classic piece of tech stuff, I'll come back and talk about some of the updates, things that have happened since we recorded that show. So enjoy this classic piece of tech stuff lore about John McAfee, and I'll be chatting with you again in just a few minutes. You know, we've talked a lot about people who have very strong personalities, people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and, sure. um, you know, very, very powerful personalities. They're, uh, they may be friendly. They may be, you know, have thorny uh, anger management problems or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, you can see a, a pretty good picture of the person involved. Um, and then there are other people uh, who you go, wait, what? What? Yeah, um, and yeah. We've, we've had a pretty big one of those toward the end of, the, of 2012. There's a spectrum of uh, of normal, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. There's some people who are further out on the edges of that spectrum. I would say people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates are a little further out on that spectrum than others because they 
are very they were both very driven uh, of course Steve Jobs yes. unfortunately uh passed away but both very driven individuals who were passionate about their interests and mm-hmm. um and both reportedly had uh times when they were not the most pleasant of people to be around that is correct so so yeah you've got that whole spectrum thing well that we wanted to talk today about some people who kind of fall outside that spectrum to the point where you'd say all right Either this person has something seriously wrong going on with them, or perhaps the things that are being reported about this person are putting them in a really bad light. But in any way, they are clearly they're they're in a situation that is not normal, and they themselves may not be what we would call normal. Right. Um, and the first one we wanted to talk about was the one who was in the news recently, is John McAfee. Mm-hmm. And uh, McAfee is a, a guy who's he's been known as being an eccentric. For uh, for more than a decade, yes. Um, but McAfee, he was born in England and raised in Virginia. He went to Roanoke College and got a, a degree in mathematics from that college. Uh, he spent time as a programmer for NASA's Institute for Space Studies. Uh, mm-hmm. He worked for a couple of big companies. He worked for Univac. He worked for Xerox. Uh, 1978, he joined the Computer Sciences Corporation, uh, and then he started working for Lockheed. Mm-hmm. And while he was working for Lockheed, that's when he started to develop the software that he has uh, really become known for. In fact, it shares his name, the McAfee antivirus software. Yes. Uh, while at Lockheed, he was uh, he, he became very interested in this idea of detecting and removing computer viruses mm-hmm. because they were just really starting to uh, to blossom at that time. We're talking about um, the late '80s and. You know, this is before we really get into the eras of um, web. The web doesn't really exist yet. Actually, it doesn't exist yet in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the 80s. Um, and very few companies have access to some of the other Internet um, functionalities like you know, file transfer protocols or email, although they do exist at this time. Mm-hmm. But he was... No, he he could see that there was this rise in uh, computer viruses, and that because computers uh, follow directions, there are ways of creating directions that make your computer do things that you won't, don't necessarily want it to do. Whether that's uh, completely filling up a hard drive with meaningless information and bricking it, or uh, installing some sort of uh, of of uh, uh, Trojan program that protects a nasty piece of malware from being detected. He was um, very much dedicated to creating software that would uh, that would find that and remove it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now um, it's interesting to note uh, a little bit about his his background, and um, I, I read not too long ago a, a, a piece from released by Wired called John McAfee's Last Stand by uh, Joshua Davis. Yes, they uh, also have a, a an e-book available yeah. on Amazon that you can purchase. I think it's 99 cents, and I think it's a – I want to say it's 13 chapters, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not – a, a long, long book, but no. it's it's you know more than an article. Yeah, because uh, apparently this guy from Wired was there for like six months. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he had been um, you know as he was working for a, a you know companies like Omex um, in the early 1980s. I mean, he was a, a pretty heavy drug user. Apparently, yeah, uh, used cocaine, quaaludes. Um, you know, he uh, he 
had been a pretty heavy drinker before that, even in his college days, it looks like. Um, and apparently got to a point where he decided, you know, that was it. He wasn't going to do this anymore. And he'd really straightened up, um, cleaned up. And this was, you know, this was before he, he really got the idea to, to go in and do this himself, to yeah. launch his own company. Um, so, and, and, you know, it's not that I necessarily want to uh, smear mud on John McAfee so no. much as I, I think it provides some context for for the kinds of things that happen later on in his life. Sure. And uh, he he made some interesting decisions with that software that he created. One of those was that he uh, decided upon the shareware distribution model, Yeah, which ended up being a very effective way for him to get that software out there on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 87, he formed um, McAfee Associates, which was essentially in charge of, of creating this McAfee antivirus software. Uh, but it wasn't that much longer. I mean, it was just in 94 when he resigned from the company. And, and a couple of years later, he sold his his stake uh, in the company entirely mm-hmm. and just completely got away from it. Um, at one point, I hear that he was valued at around $100 million. Mm-hmm. He himself stated that due to the uh, economic depression and, and downturn and, and all these other issues – that he was reduced to closer to $4 million uh, after that was all over. Although, more recently, in 2012, he said that that was probably not entirely accurate. <laughs> he, may, he may, in fact, have had a bit more than $4 million. Uh, and this is where we start getting into some pretty strange stuff. Uh, he, one thing was that he was really interested in this, this concept of quorum sensing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, quorum sensing, especially when it refers to uh, bacteria, is a way of uh, that bacteria have of reacting in a certain manner, and that manner is completely dependent upon how much bacteria is present at that time. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you were to provide a stimulus to these bacteria, they would provide a response that would be based mostly upon how many other uh, 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 instances of that bacteria are present. So if there is X number or greater, it will respond one way. But if it's fewer than that, it will respond a different way. And uh, uh, McAfee said that he was doing this in order to try and develop new uh, antibiotics, antibacterial treatments, things that could help humans uh, in a medicinal way. And he relocated to, to Belize, which is in Central America, mm-hmm. Uh, the only country in Central America, by the way, for which English is the official language. Hmm. Although, from what I understand, it is not the most prevalent language spoken there. It is, however, the official one. Anyway, he moved to Belize, um, created this uh, lab in his home. He had a, a apparently a pretty large compound there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a, a lab at that compound that uh, was, from what he was saying, all about studying this stuff to try and create uh, better medicines, uh, mostly medicines that he was looking at. He was looking at a lot of um, uh, natural uh, elements, things that were um, found out in rainforests, things like that, as the, the key to these sort of uh, medicines. That's what he was claiming. Yeah. He, <clears throat> it would seem that his, his entrepreneurial spirit hasn't completely left. Because he's he's done this, he's also uh, even apparently tried to come up with a a sport 
uh, when he Aero was living, trekking. Yes, when he was living uh, out in the southwest. Now, this is before he moved to, to Belize. Belize. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, I, I was listening to a radio report from someone who had been, uh, you know, who had met McAfee more than once. And he said, yeah, I, I want you to come out here and check out this new sport. Apparently, uh, in aero trekking, you're supposed to fly, I don't know, uh, very, very close to the ground. Yeah. Um, the idea is you, you fly very low to the ground using uh, some form of aircraft. It might even be a hang glider with a motor attached to it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you are flying close to the ground so that you get that real sense of speed and danger from being you know, just uh, a, a very short distance away from crashing to a, a, a potential uh, terrible injury or death. And in fact, um, McAfee was involved in a wrongful death lawsuit that was the result of a, a person dying from uh, an arrow trekking accident. Um, so, I mean, this was, you know, he, he's known as a daredevil as well as many other things, which will, I guess, we can kind of segue into. Now, this is going to get really weird, folks, because <laughs> here, here's the thing is that we, there are a lot of different reports. There's what McAfee has said through or we presume it's McAfee yes. through various blogs and Twitter account, uh, Twitter messages, things like that. There are things that he has said. There are things that people who know him have, have said. There's things that journalists who have uh, investigated this have said. And honestly, uh, we don't have the whole story. Uh, but it doesn't no matter, always match up. Yeah, no matter who's telling the story, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, it is known that the, the Belize police have uh, visited him on more than one occasion. Yes, they're... Their gangs unit actually uh, raided his house in April 2012. The gang suppression unit in Orange, Walktown, Belize. They raided his home under suspicion that his laboratory was actually producing crystal meth. Mm-hmm. That that was, in fact, what he was interested in making and not um, medicine. And, in fact, there are there are journalists, there are bloggers who have said that um, uh, that that McAfee was very active in online discussion forums that were dedicated to drug manufacture, like as in illicit drugs yes. or, or recreational drugs. Um, Although and, there is a woman who um, he talked into a job offer to come down and work on uh, medicinal drugs as well. Right. So, th- again, this is – there are conflicting reports. Right. So, so it could be that these reports that he was the one who was on these recreational drug sites, maybe that wasn't him. You know, because they they were using uh, uh, pseudonyms. I mean, handles. They weren't. Yeah. It wasn't just him there. Uh, but uh, Gizmodo published a report that very much seemed to indicate that he was one of the people on this recreational drug forum, right? Talking about trying to perfect a a, a typical kind of drug that would, um, well, it was supposed to enhance his uh, uh, his sexual experiences as well as give a uh, sense of euphoria and supposedly would create a very uh, gradual and mellow um, come down afterward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and he the the guy who was posting under this name posted a lot about this particular kind of drug. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that was John McAfee, however, is still a question. Right now, one of the things that people have said is that the drugs that he was talking about often can create a sense of paranoia in someone who's using those drugs. Right. Now, again, whether or not McAfee was using those drugs is a, is a question that's left open. However, I think it's safe to say that paranoia is something he has felt. Yes. Uh, he has, he has demonstrated 
paranoid tendencies. Now, again, there's always that joke, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> but uh, we can't really say that, but we can definitely say that he has shown some uh, some paranoid tendencies. One of those is uh, trying to evade the police. Now, as of the recording of this podcast, which is at the end of November 2012, he's still on the run from police in Belize. And uh, the reason why the police are interested in him is that someone who lived near him, uh, Gregory Viant Fall, was found shot dead uh, a few, well, several meters away from uh, from McAfee's property. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fall and McAfee had a history of some uh, arguments, yes. some some uh, some disagreements. Uh, one of which was that Fall said that. Uh, McAfee, McAfee's dogs, I think McAfee owned like 11 dogs, but that his dogs were barking all the time and that was driving Vol crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other issues that happened recently was that several of uh, McAfee's dogs, I think four of them, died of poisoning. Yes. So uh, the implication here, and again, this is all unfolding, so we don't have the full information, but the implication is that perhaps Fall or someone that Fall knows poisoned the dogs and that perhaps there was an act of retribution against Fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the the news first broke, it sounded like McAfee was not just a person of interest, but a suspect. Uh, since then, Belize police have said, no, he's not a suspect. We just want to talk to him because we want to find out who killed Fall. Mm-hmm. It's uh, possible that perhaps someone around McAfee killed Fall for McAfee, not necessarily on McAfee's command. Yeah. Because as it turns out, McAfee has seemingly started to hang out with some pretty rough customers in Belize. Yep. The photography that, that accompanies the uh, Wired uh, book includes some people with some very large guns. Yeah. The 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 stories and, are essentially I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I mean there's a guns are pretty heavily restricted in Belize yeah. too, so the story essentially is that it sounds like McAfee has um, formed relationships with several of the the drug gangs in Belize. Now, it may be that he was uh, doing this in an attempt to get hold of materials for his legitimate medical you know, uh, research that could be the case. Mm-hmm. It would not be necessarily the wisest move a person has ever made to get involved <laughs> with drug lords. No, but that's a possibility. Now, a lot of other people are saying, no, what's happening is McAfee got involved with them so he could get the ingredients he needed to make the recreational drugs that he was interested in, mm-hmm. which again, we don't know. Um, so, uh, anyway, it's possible that maybe one of these, you know, gang members that he hangs out with, committed the murder and it wasn't McAfee at all. So we don't know if McAfee uh, shot Vol or if someone McAfee knows shot him or if it was just some random crime. Uh, that seems that seems the most unrealistic of the various possibilities, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so McAfee's been on the run and has been posting, or at least there have been blog posts attrib- attributed to McAfee mm-hmm. that have posted in his absence. That have made things sound even more strange. For instance, that McAfee has been uh, using elaborate disguises to to hide in plain sight. Yes, he uh, appeared as a a German um, tourist, basically using profanity and just shouting at people randomly, or uh, uh, tried to uh, uh, disguise himself and, and hunch over so that he didn't appear as tall as he normally is, and uh, spoken heavily. Uh, 
accented English trying to sell trinkets to uh, – he said even uh, – or this person said he even uh, attempted to sell something to a, an Associated Press reporter who didn't recognize him. Yeah, a wooden dolphin. Yes. Uh, the the uh, reporter suddenly had a uh, an urgent call to attend to. Yeah, he's, in the blog post, McAfee, assuming it is McAfee, claimed yes. that he nearly sold one of these trinkets before uh, the AP reporter was called away. Um, now, the Belize police have been asking him to turn himself in so that he can talk about whatever it is that happened to fall. Like, who who could have possibly killed him and to clear his name? Mm-hmm. McAfee, in turn, has said that uh, or at least according to these reports and according to people who know him, who say they've talked to him, says that he doesn't want to go into police custody because he firmly believes that the police will kill him once he's in their custody. Yeah, he um, he even reacted to the uh, – that's the why he's on the run now, actually, was because when the um, when the police showed up, he thought they were coming to hassle him again. So he, he – well, that's what he says anyway. So he escaped before they could catch him. Yeah, he um, – so anyway, he's saying that the police are definitely going to kill him if they take him into custody. Uh, he's also at one point apparently suggested that uh, that fall falls death was really meant uh, was that there was a hit gone wrong that was meant to hit McAfee and, and instead hit fall. Hmm. Uh, that was one of the other possibilities I heard about a couple of weeks before we recorded this podcast. Um, so it's it, these are these are definitely tendencies that we would classify as paranoid. Yeah. Um, and honestly, again, we don't know all the information. It may be that perhaps McAfee is a very eccentric, but otherwise mostly innocent person. Now, it's true that his personal life also has some other complications. Uh, apparently, he uh, has several people living at that compound with him, including several uh, young women yes. with whom he often has sexual relations, and including one who... Is identified over and over as a 17-year-old girlfriend. Yeah. But then there are other women uh, in, in at that compound as well, and so, I mean, there there are definitely some. It's kind of this weird, larger-than-life, odd David Lynch sort of story thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I saw this in a film, I would think the Coen Brothers made it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just so weird. When you think of somebody who has gone down in history as uh, coming up with a very successful tech product, um, you know, you you don't typically think of that. You think of somebody like uh, Jobs or Gates or um, maybe Larry Ellison. Uh, you know, some some people who they've got lots of money, they live a, a jet setters lifestyle. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you don't really typically think of you know when you hear something like, "Well, John McAfee is a person of interest in this murder case." And you go, "Really? Right? That's just strange." All right, now you've heard the beginning of that story and how crazy it got in Belize. Uh, but now let's talk about what's happened since we recorded that episode. We recorded it back in, I think, November of 2012. And in fact, quite a lot happened after November 2012, just to round out the year. So we left off with McAfee on the run and in disguise, occasionally updating his status through a blog. Uh, the prime minister of Belize, named Dean Barrow, stated that McAfee was paranoid and, quote, bonkers, end quote. He said McAfee was refusing to answer questions as a person of interest and said McAfee was unfairly portraying Belize as a corrupt nation. So we have two very different stories going on here. 
McAfee is claiming that the government of Belize is inherently corrupt uh, and that the police were not just out to ask him a few questions, but were possibly going to actually kill him. Meanwhile, you've got the prime minister of Belize saying this is not true. We're just investigating the death of a person who who was killed in Belize and all we want to do is ask some questions. In fact, Dean Barrow said, this is so high profile now. It's so focused on in the media that it would be ridiculous for any harm to come to McAfee in Belize police custody. It would end up being proof that what McAfee was saying was true, which doesn't make any sense on the part of Belize. However, that being said, McAfee was having none of it. He did not want to come back. On December 5th, 2012, McAfee was arrested by Guatemalan police who tracked him to a posh Guatemala City neighborhood. They arrested him on the charge of entering Guatemala illegally. Now, McAfee had sought asylum in Guatemala to avoid contact with the police force in Belize. The police in Guatemala determined his location by a pretty simple method. They looked at the metadata on a photo uploaded to Vice. A group of Vice reporters were actually traveling with McAfee and documenting the whole experience. And they failed to strip the photo of metadata before they uploaded it. So the photo actually included information on where the picture was taken, and the police were able to use that to narrow their search and catch McAfee. Now, Guatemalan authorities announced they would deport McAfee, though at the time it wasn't certain if they would send him to Belize or send him to the United States. Keep in mind, McAfee's actually was born in the UK. He lived in the US when he created McAfee software, then moved to Belize. This is a pretty complicated issue here. Now, no, no, no formal charges have been leveled on McAfee from Belize, so that also complicated matters. A few days later, McAfee complained of experiencing symptoms that were similar to that of a heart attack. And in fact, it was widely reported that he suffered a heart attack and was rushed to a hospital in Guatemala. Meanwhile, his attorney was filing appeals for his deportation. Uh, and his attorney actually said that McAfee had not suffered a heart attack per se, but rather an acute anxiety attack and actually was having changes in his blood pressure and that was what had set off his his uh, his symptoms and that he had even fainted from this. Uh, meanwhile, the doctor said there was no reason to hold McAfee and they discharged him uh, from the hospital. So he went back to the detention center in Guatemala. Meanwhile, you have these appeals coming in. And I guess either the Guatemalan government figured that sending him to the United States was the most logical conclusion or they just didn't want to deal with him anymore. At any rate, they deported McAfee to Miami on December 12th, 2012. He then claimed that he had essentially faked all those symptoms in order to give his attorney enough time to file the appeals before he could be deported to Belize. Uh, McAfee then offered a $25,000 reward for information that could lead to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible for Gregory Falls' murder. There's a lot to say about this. Uh, I personally have never spoken with John McAfee. I do not know him at all, so I, I only know of him. I know what I've read. And I know that there are a lot of conflicting 
depictions of McAfee in the media. There are some that portray him as very much the victim. There are some who suggest that he is manipulating the media and people around him. Uh, and we'll talk more about that in a second. So who is actually telling the truth here is hard to say, but it certainly seems to be the case that McAfee has a history of what he calls playing hoaxes on people. Some might say that the hoax is a, an excuse for his behavior, saying that, oh, no, he wasn't really trying to achieve this underhanded tactic. He was just playing a trick. Um, it all sounds fishy to me, but I don't know the man, and I was not involved in any of this. So I can only sp speak from my own personal perspective here. Anyway, let's move on to 2013, because we got so much more to talk about here. So in April 2013, it's announced that the drug smuggler George Young, whose own biography was told in the film Blow, that was the movie that had Johnny Depp playing the part of Young, uh, that George Young would write McAfee's biography. It was going to be called No Domain. However, as of August 2015, when I'm recording this, it has yet to be published. And honestly, when I was doing searches on this, I couldn't find any updated information. Now, it could very well be that this is still a book that's in the writing process. Books take time to write and to edit and to publish. Uh, my father is an author, and I have seen this process take more than a year several times. But that being said, I haven't seen any more updates on this. So I don't know if this project is dead in the water or not, but it certainly made the news back in 2013. Uh, also in 2013, in May, McAfee sat down for a four-hour interview with USA Today. And in that interview, he proclaimed his innocence of the uh, Gregory Fall murder and suggested perhaps it was an, um, another American expatriate who committed the murder and said that he believed Belize authorities were persecuting him, that is, McAfee, because he had refused to pay a $2 million bribe earlier. And by this time, he was living near Portland, Oregon. This is where the story gets even more weird and complicated. Belize authorities say they have no idea who McAfee is talking about with this other American expatriate. Uh, McAfee says it was another neighbor. The Belize authorities say we don't even know that such a person exists. And again, it becomes difficult to figure out who is telling the truth. And it may very well be that the person exists and the Belize authorities aren't aware of the person. That's a possibility, too. It could be that both parties are telling the truth. I honestly don't know. Also, in May of 2013, uh, Jeff Wise publishes a piece in Psychology Today about McAfee and alleges that McAfee delights in manipulating the media and twisting stories for his own amusement, essentially that he finds it entertaining and possibly advantageous to manipulate the media and create a a narrative, a, a vision of what who he is and what he's all about. And it's not entirely clear what Wise thinks actually happened with McAfee in Belize. And it's possible that Wise himself isn't really sure what happened because McAfee has this weird behavior. Uh, he says that he visited McAfee in Belize and felt very much ill at ease during that visit. He had visited him more than once, but on his final visit to McAfee in Belize, he 
seems to indicate that he felt like he was in danger or potentially in danger. He saw that there were security that were armed, that were walking around. There were no other people there besides the security and some women hanging around and that he felt it was a dangerous situation. He also reported that a former partner of McAfee's who was working on the antibiotic uh, project uh, had said that McAfee had switched things out eventually had decided instead of going after antibiotics uh, to concentrate on drugs that would affect the female libido. In other words, to convince women to have sexual relations with men, uh, which is super duper creepy. And uh, she also alleged that he was, if not abusive, he was at least very scary around her. And she felt like she needed to escape that situation. So all of this points to some pretty negative <laughs> depictions of McAfee um, that seem to fall in line with what other people have said. But McAfee himself says that this is all uh, incorrect, that none of this is really uh, who he is. Um, and in fact, Wise would go on to say that McAfee shared several qualities with people who have psychopathic personalities. Um, he didn't go so far as to call McAfee an actual psychopath, just said that he appears to have some personality traits that are similar to that of psychopaths, including things like making grandiose announcements or plans uh, and also having like this kind of paranoid persecution complex that he is so important that other entities wish to knock him off his pedestal. Like the idea that he himself is the target of a lot of uh, scrutiny and of spying. And he's also actually a target of assassins that, that he believes these things because of his uh, his his feeling of self-importance. That's Wise's position. He also says that McAfee seems to have very little care or regard about how he affects other people, which is another quality of a psychopath. Um, but again, Wise never actually says that McAfee's a psychopath. He says he has some psychopathic tendencies, which is a subtle distinction. Also, also in May 2013, two of the buildings on McAfee's compound back in Belize were burned down. And it all depends upon the account you read. And some accounts, it's called a brush fire that spread to the compound and that these two buildings burned down as a result. McAfee made statements that essentially made it sound like he believed these fires were arson, that they were essentially set possibly by the authorities of Belize uh, on his former compound. Uh, again, no way of telling what the truth is here. In June, McAfee shoots a spoof video. This is still in 2013. He shoots a spoof video called How to Uninstall McAfee Antivirus. And this is all done as a joke. It's a pretty tasteless joke in some cases, but it is a joke. And it's mostly McAfee pointing, poking fun, not just at the antivirus software that uh, still has his name, but he has no connection to, but also poking fun at the public image of McAfee himself. So in the video, at first, he's wearing a smoking jacket that's over a tuxedo, and he explains that he still gets tons of requests from people about how to uninstall the McAfee antivirus software. But he says, I don't know. 
because I'm not connected to it. I haven't had anything to do with that software for more than 15 years. Then he lights a cigarette using a $100 bill and then starts reading messages from various people about the McAfee software. And these messages have lots and lots of profanity in them. This whole video, by the way, is probably not safe for work for most people. Uh, if you work in like a an off, typical office environment, I would say probably not safe. It also shows McAfee surrounded by women who are wearing various sexy costumes, like a, you know, like the sexy nurse costume, that kind of stuff. He's also surrounded by guns and supposedly indulging in drugs, like he's clearly uh, snorting various stuff using a crazy straw at one point. Um, but uh, clearly this is played up in a big way. Also, meanwhile, a technician is attempting to explain the uninstalling process while all of this other stuff is going on. And... um it's a weird video. Again, it's obviously a joke. It's not meant to be taken seriously. And it does incorporate a lot of the behaviors McAfee has been accused of uh, in, a, I assume, a, an attempt to say, this is ridiculous. This isn't who I am. In November 2013, McAfee was sued by Gregory Falls' daughter in a wrongful death lawsuit. Now, McAfee said the timing seemed rather convenient to him, as it was public knowledge that he had lost nearly everything back in Belize and had to start back from scratch. But no one sued him during those months when he had nothing. It was only when he began to launch a new business that uh, this lawsuit came forward. And so he was essentially alleging that Gregory Falls' daughter only sued him because he clearly had some money again and that it wasn't in an effort to actually get justice for the murder of her father. That I'm I'm definitely inferring a lot from what McAfee said in the various reports, but that seems to be the gist of it. Uh, he even mentioned that his efforts to launch a business had been covered in the media and that he had even made statements saying he didn't have to seek out venture capital in order to launch his business. So he was just suggesting that Fall's family was jumping at an opportunity at that point. McAfee also did found a new company at that point called Future Tense Central. Uh, it's dedicated to online security and privacy, and I'll talk a little bit about the product they offer when we get to 2015. But first, let's move on to 2014. In July 2014, McAfee is found to have been legally responsible for the death of Robert Gilson, who died in an ultralight aircraft crash in 2006. The pilot of that aircraft was Joel Gordon Bito, which was uh, McAfee's nephew, who also died in that crash. Um, the, the charges were that Bito didn't really have a, a, a full pilot's license, so therefore was not qualified to teach this in the first place, and that it was McAfee who was responsible because McAfee ran the business promoting what he called aero trekking, which is a sport in which small aircraft are flown at low altitudes over rough terrain. So McAfee was ordered to pay two and a half million dollars in damages. Uh, also in 2014, Intel, which had purchased McAfee software, decided to rename McAfee and call it Intel Security. And this rebranding was in part to distance the product from John McAfee himself. And that was probably because of all the negative press that was coming up around John McAfee and the, the descriptions of his behavior. But for his part, McAfee said he was really happy that Intel renamed the software because 
He had had no connection with McAfee software since he got out of the company in the mid-90s. And he felt that the product was a subpar, inferior product. And it still had his name on it. So he said, I'm glad they changed the name of the stuff because I don't want to be associated with that uh, program. He had some probably stronger language to describe all that, by the way. Now let's get on up to 2015. I'm skipping over a lot of stuff because, honestly, to cover all the different elements of McAfee's life would probably take me another episode or two. And most of them are, again, elements that it's hard to describe exactly what happened because there's so many different accounts. And as people have said, McAfee himself may be an unreliable narrator. I'll say maybe because, again, I don't know the man. But in 2015, Spike TV commissions a six-part miniseries on McAfee. So they followed him around quite a bit uh, this year. Uh, and leading up to August 2015, I'm just going to skip straight to it because a lot has happened this month. I'm recording this on August 27th, 2015. So in August 2015, McAfee is arrested in Tennessee for driving under the influence of prescription drugs while in possession of a handgun. So he's driving under the influence and he has a handgun in his car, uh, both of which together are very much against the law in Tennessee. And so he's arrested and booked for that. Uh, he was released on $5,000 bond and he wrote about it online and said he apologized if he offended anyone with the way he likes to dance around the boundaries of what is considered to be normal. Now, I'm going to take just a little moment here to express my own personal opinion about this. And keep in mind, this is my personal opinion, but I feel that if you are operating a vehicle while under the influence of drugs, prescribed or otherwise, you are no longer just dancing around what is to be normal. You are taking a risk, not just to your own safety, but the safety of everyone else around you. If you are driving while your abilities and your judgment are impaired, then you are a danger to other people out there. And that goes beyond just being eccentric or deciding that normal isn't for you. That's being irresponsible. So I very much take issue with him saying, I'm sorry if you're offended. First of all, never use that phrase. Don't ever say, I'm sorry if you feel that way or I'm sorry if you're offended because you're still putting the responsibility, the accountability on the person you are supposedly apologizing to. If you're actually apologizing, apologize for whatever it was you did. Don't say, I'm sorry you're hurt or I'm sorry if that makes you angry because you're suggesting that the other person is responsible for what has happened. Uh, if you're not sorry, then you're not sorry. I'm not going to tell you to apologize if you feel like you shouldn't apologize. But if you feel like you should, apologize. It, it's much better. It doesn't feel good at the moment, but you'll feel better afterward. Trust me. All right. Tangent aside, let's get back to McAfee. He appears at DEFCON. Uh, that's a big hacker conference, in case you're not familiar. Uh, 
it's a conference where a lot of white hat hackers get together, not just white hat hackers. There are black hat hackers there, too. White hat being the people who test various systems for vulnerabilities and then attempt to make that information known to the entities responsible for the systems so they can patch those vulnerabilities and make the systems stronger. There's also black hat hackers, which look for vulnerabilities in an effort to exploit them, not to make the system stronger, but to be able to use the system for their own purposes. So at DEF CON, McAfee promoted a product called Demon Saw, which is a product from Future Tense, that company he founded back in 2013. And Demon Saw is a, an attempt to create a, a very safe encryption process that doesn't require public and private encryption keys. And I've talked about encryption keys in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into that. But what these usually use are random number generators to create the, uh, the, the encryption key itself, and it has to have some sort of seed to go into a random number generator to get that random number because machines are actually not good at actually generating random numbers. You typically feed some information into a machine and you get a, a quote-unquote random number after a series of operations are performed on that data. Uh, and there are a lot of different op uh, ways of doing this. You might use the amount of time it takes between uh, typing a word, like the the time between each letter being pressed down, that might be the information that ends up generating an encryption key. Or it might be something like a weather pattern where you have a sensor picking up a change in air pressure or humidity or something along those lines. And that becomes the information that then is fed through a random number generator to create an encryption key. But Demon Saw was, uh, an, well, is an idea where the encryption channel is created through shared experiences, meaning that you and the people you wish to communicate with all end up sharing some sort of experience. It might be a picture that's on the Internet or a sound file or some other web-based or Internet-based thing that you all have in common. That ends up being the information that's fed through the random number generator because that way it's the shared experience is something that uh, is unique to the group. At least that's the idea. And this was uh, something that McAfee worked with uh, Eric J. Anderson on. Eric J. Anderson is a coder and a programmer. He's also known for working on video games. He's a programmer for Rockstar and worked on GTA V, Grand Theft Auto V. And the criticisms I've read of this mostly rely on the fact that, one... It does not appear to have widespread adoption. There are not a lot of people using it right now. And two, uh, there haven't been any third-party uh, analysts who have had a chance to look at this and test it to make sure it's actually secure. All the the notifications we have about the security of the product come straight from McAfee or Anderson, and therefore, you know, you you don't know if you can trust those. Uh, statements or not. So that also happened at DEF CON. McAfee held a, an AMA and Ask Me Anything on Reddit, uh, and it was long. <laughs> he did this uh, just a few days ago from when I'm recording this, six days previously, so sometime like August 21st, he held this AMA, and um, I printed the whole thing out, and it's a lot of stuff. In it, he talked about tons of things, including 
uh, the Internet of Things and how it could pose a serious risk to security, something I actually agree with. I, In fact, I agree with a lot of the things McAfee says about security in general. I don't necessarily believe all the information he cites, but I definitely agree with a lot of the, the conclusions he's come to, um, like the idea that the Internet of Things could be a huge security issue whether it's because it introduces more vulnerabilities into a system, which is entirely possible. If I hook up a whole bunch of different products to my home network and those products aren't really secure, then you might be able to get an intrusion on my network through one of these products. Uh, also, he said that uh, antivirus software is becoming less useful, which I would also agree with, mainly because... You know, back in the day when antivirus software was first invented, when McAfee had started working on antivirus software, viruses were being produced pretty slowly. You would get a release occasionally, maybe a few times in a month. These days, there's tons of malware being released. Lots of it tends to be uh, tweaks to earlier types of malware, but you just have a sheer enormity of viruses and other types of malware hitting the internet every single day. And antivirus software can't keep up with all of that. So it is getting to a point where antivirus software is not really doing the job that we need it to do. Uh, he also said that uh, in Belize, there is, quote, nothing illegal that the government there is not into, end quote, essentially saying Belize government is doing all sorts of illegal things. He accused uh, the Minister of Defense of Belize of being the largest dealer in human trafficking, for example. So lots of different accusations from him in this AMA uh, uh, that were leveled at Belize. Um, McAfee also said that he thought, and this was in a separate article, that the Ashley Madison hack, that's the website that was geared to uh, to to people who wanted to have extramarital affairs, uh, very famous hack there that has it's the story still unfolding, but several gigabytes of data have been released to uh, the dark web. He said he thinks that the Ashley Madison hack wasn't really a hack. It was a leak, meaning that someone from within the company itself, either a current or former employee, took that information from the company and then released it on the dark web. He also said he thought it was a solo job. He didn't think it was actually a team, although the uh, the the party claiming responsibility refers to itself as a team. And he also thought that this solo person was a woman. And he cites unnamed sources on the dark web as his sources for this information, which doesn't do a whole lot for the credibility of the claims because they can't be, you know, they can't be be ratified. We can't find out if, in fact, this is accurate. Um, however, I will say that it is it does make some sense for it to be an internal leak as opposed to a hack simply because of the huge amount of information. Uh, it would be easier to get that from within the company than to try and access it from outside the company, particularly if you don't know how the company's uh, data is structured. In fact, that was one of the arguments that McAfee made was that the person who grabbed all this information clearly knew where to look for it. And that suggests that they already had worked for the company. 
As for the fact that he believes it to be a woman, he cites the language used in the communications from the responsible party as being that the words and language that a woman would choose, which to me sounds incredibly sexist. But again, that's my own opinion. McAfee also has spoken out against smartphones. He said that they are essentially spying machines and says that somewhere around 100 million or 150 million devices at the very least have been compromised by various types of malware and that each keystroke can be logged, the camera can be activated remotely, and the microphone can pick up on conversations and more. Uh, he talks about not just hackers, but the government releasing malware that could allow for this sort of thing. Uh, and certainly there are types of malware out there that will do this kind of stuff if you were to install it on your, your device. Uh, whether the numbers he cites are accurate is another question, and it may be that he's being conservative. Now, as of the recording of this update, I tried to go to the Quorum X website. That's the antibiotic company that McAfee founded. But it no longer appears to have an active website. Uh, going to QuorumX.com gave me a no result, uh, both on my computer and on my, my phone. And there is a Facebook page for the company, but it hasn't been updated since 2012. However, the Twitter account for the company has one recent tweet on August 23rd, 2015, uh, it essentially was sharing a news story uh, that related back to some of the research that was going on in Belize or supposedly going on in Belize. And if you look at that to the next tweet on the list, there's a huge gap. The next most recent tweet dates from September 2012. So what's up with that? Who knows? Um, most people just say that that company doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, also McAfee himself is quite a character. I think he revels in being a character. Uh, I don't know what the man is like personally, but he certainly seems to relish his role in the public spotlight, uh, to some degree or another. Uh, he doesn't appear to necessarily shy away from it. So, um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a better grasp on who this man is than I did back in 2012, to be perfectly honest. His behavior is so very different from that which I am accustomed to and the people that are around me that is very difficult to, to say one way or another. I think he has, um, or he appears to have a very large paranoia streak going through him. Uh, I think if what he says, if he sincerely believes what he says, he he's probably more paranoid than needs to be. He seems to suggest that there are lots and lots of people all out to get him all the time. And I'm not sure he's really that important in the grand scheme of things. I don't know that he's as important as he uh, seems to, to think he is. But that's my own personal opinion. And it's all based on things that are reported in the media. It may be that if I had a conversation with the man, I would go back and say, no, he's very much a genuine person and his fears are warranted. But based upon my limited perspective, that's kind of the feeling I end up getting. Um, and again, you never know who to believe in these things. But it's definitely one of the strangest stories I've ever looked into with technology. 
and definitely worth looking into it as an update. I'll continue to keep an eye on McAfee because I'll want to see the, this mini series. There was also supposed to be a Dateline special. Uh, the real blacklist is a series on Dateline where they did folk, they would focus on various weird stories, crime stories. And there was going to be one on, on, uh, John McAfee. And it was talked about way back in March of 2015. But I haven't found any information on the actual episode. And I don't know if it just never aired or if for some reason it's not popping up in search. I don't know. So if you have come across that episode, send it to me, uh, text stuff at howstuffworks.com because I would love to see it. I really did look for it for this episode, but could not find the actual one. So. Uh, if you happen to have that, let me know. I'll check it out because I want to hear more about this and find out if there's any other information to really kind of glean some light on this stuff. Whoa. All right. Hold the presses. I recorded this update. I had all that information I added in. You know, we threw in that that 20 minute segment of a classic tech stuff podcast. It was ready to go. It was in the can. It was prepared to publish. And then. Of course, Mr. McAfee goes and does something else crazy. So after I wrapped up the recording of that update, McAfee then declared that he intended to run for president of the United States in 2016 and that he would be founding a new party. So he would not be running as either a Democrat or a Republican. Instead, he will have a new party, which by the time this episode goes out, he may have named, but as I am recording right now, it is so far an unnamed party. But I figured I had to throw that in. It would have been ridiculous to have an update on McAfee and leave out the tiny fact that he is going to run for president. And why is he running for president? Well, he says that the main reason is because he feels that the candidates running for president have been for years completely ignorant when it comes to technology, and he feels that technology is playing an ever-increasingly important role in our lives and that whomever is leader of the United States needs to have an innate understanding of technology in order to be an effective leader. Uh, that sounds pretty, you know, reasonable on some levels. I'm just not sure if McAfee is supposed to be the guy, right? Um, I don't know. He's had a pretty crazy life, as we have explored. But what do you guys think? I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the subject. Write me at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Tell me what you think about McAfee's bid for presidency. Do you think it's sincere? Do you think it's just a cry for attention? Uh, do you think he makes good points? Would you vote for him? I want to hear from you guys. And now... I gotta say goodbye. I will talk to you next week. Hope you have a great one, and you'll hear from me again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey.